Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is, you know, Bob Saget, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. actually going to start this podcast because you don't get a lot of times to speak to somebody that you grew up watching and kind of tell them how much you appreciate what they meant for you that's very nice when i was it was i guess full house was over in 97 so i was born in 91 and i remember watching it and it could be like the later episodes we had this blue mermaid table we have three boys in the house i don't know why we had a mermaid table (laughs) Uh, (laughs) <laughs> but I, w- I would watch it on TBS, like on weekends, nighttime. And then I have all the seasons in the back closet here. And oh, my God. It, yeah, I know. It's like, pity me. <laughs> I have VHSs in boxes in my garage. I have no idea why I have them. I mean, why would I? And I have a VHS player in my rack somewhere in my rack. But uh, <laughs> it's just it's just uh, I don't want, I didn't watch them back then because I'd be in like in a Dino the dinosaur outfit. I forbid my kids to watch it. <laughs> they would sneak watch it. Of course, you tell them not to. They do. Yeah. But I, I loved it because, like, I, I know it's somewhat cheesy. But like those moments to me when I was a child it was like, oh, I'm going to learn something here. Danny's teal, like Danny's teaching me something. Yeah. And then to grow up, like this is how long you've been in my life. It's like Barney when he goes after his TV dad, for say. Right. Like then I watched AFE growing up. Even at high school, there was a channel that would show the old AFEs, and my friend would be like, "This is old." I'm like, "Shut up! I'm watching Bob Saget. You leave uh, me alone." You're and, nice. Uh, I got I got a lot of crap for that joke because they were saying, "Oh, your jokes are puns and they're dad jokes." And it's like, well, you're not trying to do a joke. <laughs> and and I, it was hard because here I was doing Family Hour, and you have to do it. You got to do yeah. it properly. I've got five year olds watching, and yet yeah. I'm wanting to talk to their parents and their siblings that are older. And the show, the videos were the stars, and they were so interesting because we'd never seen that. Now you go on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, and you've got every. That's all yeah. it is. People falling down and getting hurt badly. I was always upset when it looked like they never got up afterward. And then they show someone in the audience throwing their head back. But yeah, I, I appreciate it. We were called AFHV. That's how, oh, really? uh, yeah, it was America's Funniest Home Videos. And I would say, send it into AFHV when the woman was coming on live. And it went around the world. It was like one of the number one shows in China with me as the host. Yeah. Some countries had their own, like London had Jeremy Beadle. Australia had their own host. But I, in Canada, I was the, the only host. They didn't have a Canadian's funniest home videos. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> it would have been a guy looking at a moose. Just staring outside. I mean, in Newfoundland, it'd be like, you know, someone be like, hey, that's from Newfoundland, right? It's like, listen, we have more than igloos, so just relax. <laughs> I got to ask you. I have to ask you. I know you want to sure. ask me. I'm cool with whatever. But I've never been to Newfoundland. I've been to Nova Scotia. I've been to Regina. I've been through Saskatchewan. I've been to, I'm going to go to, I've got some tour dates coming up in the fall. I'll be in Whitecap and Regina. I just want to go there because the obvious reasons, just the name. But I always wanted to go to Newfoundland and I never did. What's going on there? What is the COVID like there? What's the deal? So our COVID cases were pretty relatively low, like in the East Coast, for say, like your Nova Scotia, PEI, New Brunswick, Newfoundland, they were like low. But the thing about that is we were getting too relaxed. So I think one time it was um, someone had a funeral and an outbreak happened. And I was like, yeah, that's the dead. They were more or less like, you know, what are you guys doing here? Like, stop. Um, The latest one we have, our cases, they're starting to get lower again. But uh, it was like an outbreak, I think, of students having a party or someone came in from uh, another country. And then that kind of caused it again. Yeah, that's how it happened. Right. Yeah. So it's pretty simmer down quiet. But 
with anything, people kind of get paranoid or like upset where it's like, we're doing so well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the U.S., you know what they've done. I mean, in some places they've observed and and it's so many, you know, hundreds of millions of people that uh, a lot of them right now make it a political thing. And there were a lot of super spreader events and people got sick. So, you know, it's sad. It's and it'll go away. It won't go away, but we'll get vaccinated if you want to like the flu you'll get the flu shot for it so uh that's what it is but some people won't get it so maybe they'll get the disease or maybe they'll be lucky i don't know i just don't want any woodlands creatures to be hurt i I care about animal life i think when we first got into covid and a lot of people were like geez if i pet my neighbor's dog will i get and i was like please don't let that be a thing because then it's like dogs like i can just imagine in their own little universe like he stopped petting me, man. Like, what's on the go with him? And exactly. Like, <laughs> like I, I got I got rid of my pet penguin. I didn't I didn't want it anymore because I heard because he, he just went batshit crazy. There you go. But the thing is, you know, look at South Park's pandemic episode, that hour special. It it kind of covered all of it, you know, any sick yeah. joke about it. And then if you say the wrong thing, everybody just wants to cancel you. It's like a literally. The, the words that I want removed from the English language are witch hunt, conspiracy, fake news, all this garbage that has come out all over the world. And I think the U.S. generated quite a bit of it. It's, it's pretty sad what's going on. And I hope we get to a better place as a human race, especially <laughs> in this country, because we're a mess. When you mentioned about cancel culture, I think it's hilarious because Dave Chappelle had mentioned in one of his stand-ups, he like mocks the audience and he's like, guess who that is? And they're like, oh, that's Donald Trump. They're like, he's like, no, it's you. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm happy that I didn't do stand up in this time frame because anything I would have said, you would have said, oh, and started typing on the keyboard. So like, are but you- he did, he did yeah. do it. In fact, I was in Ohio with him and I was at one of the live events and then someone in the company ended up uh, with COVID. So they had to cancel the rest of the shows, but I was there in Ohio with him. God, when was it? Was it, um, June, April, I don't know. Uh, and I was going to do a ton of shows. I was with Louis C.K. and Chris Tucker and Chris Spencer and Michelle Wolf, and it was pretty special. I just went there because I, I wanted to do stand-up and wanted to hang with my friends. And Dave you know, put out a couple things that were important to him. Yeah. Most recently, it was about that exactly. And, you know, it is, it, I want to get on stage and find out what I can and can't say, but people are ready to, you know, and I like to go, unfiltered i'm not filthy i mean yeah you do one special in 2007 and drop a lot of f-bombs and they call you a dirty animal or you're an aristocrats you know but that's those things wouldn't be as i'm not the same person because i change i and people don't want you to change they want to think oh what happened to the dad on full house i was like well that was a character those are called characters and you know watch entourage i'm something like that guy and a full house guy and but that's two-dimensional characters which is great i love doing all of it but then people want to nail you for being oh he's he's filthy it's like no i'm not i mean there's people that go full-on much worse than i do it's a it's one special that i did and i also wrote stuff in a book called dirty daddy but that dealt more with how comedy helps you through death and um so i i'm dying to get out there and not dying i I don't want to die but um i'm looking forward to getting out and doing it again well, I love how you brought that up because so when we were talking earlier about when I watched Full House as a child and then growing up watching How I Met Your Mother, I think it's hilarious because one day someone showed me one of your clips or I think it could have been on like a radio station I was listening to. And to hear you talk about the adventure of it, it was like you and Stamos, I think, going in Hollywood or L.A. And some I think it was a car crash and the lady yeah. wakes up and I was like, listen, I was like, good, that's interesting. And then the next clip was you on stage talking about I'm not the dad from Full House. It's like Kimmy Gibbler. And then I, my my mouth went like to the floor like. like and that was done for shock value. And yeah. in fact, Andrea Barber, who's a good friend of mine who played Kimmy, had came to my shows in Orange County. And I would say something like that. Or I had a song where yeah. I'd mention her and she would go, F you, Mr. T, you know, it, <laughs> and the audience would just love it because we're friends so none of the gross stuff that people like to invent happened that's i think the secret to the show is that it's obvious we all love each other and i'm close with everybody on the show i love them all so you know when people say oh well that's danny tanner why isn't he acting like danny tanner like when you said it's a character i like the humor when you talk about 
Coulier or Stamos and like just these random moments or some people like, why did he say that? I'm like, leave him alone. I'm like, that's fine. Well, I don't know why they, I mean, I've been doing stand up for 45 years yeah. and, and my work, you know, I sell out shows all over the English speaking world. I can't speak other languages. I'm no Eddie Izzard. I can't yeah. do it. I wish my audience knows it now when they come see me, they're expecting it because they've watched my specials and they, they realize that I'm a good person who likes to say immature, irreverent stuff. A lot of it is just stupid. And a lot of it is animal stuff. So when you watch John Oliver and you hear, you, he's always going to animal stuff. So is Stephen yeah. Colbert. They, they, one safe thing you can do in comedy is to go to the animal world and, and you don't want to go political, but you can talk about things you would do to a, you know, a, a, a chicken or a turkey. And, you know, and how we have to protect them. I mean, there's many things that can be hilarious when you just do. It's very hard to find things that are kind of innocuous that people don't get offended by because you you offend literally everybody. And I just Bill Burr's smart. He just goes, yeah. fuck it. And Dave Chappelle's right. It is the public that allowed this. It's it is enablers. It's people that spread a bunch of lies. Some of them are true. So people get canceled for doing something horrible, even if it's not in court. If it's something that they come out and they actually apologize for, they're they're dented. And some of them, I think, should get out of jail already in the culture. And others, we don't need to hear from them again because we know who they are that have yeah. done real real wrong. And some people are still out there spewing lies. But that's, you know, I have the brains to look at something and know if it's true or not. And then I try to fact check, but where the hell do you get your facts? I used to go to the encyclopedia when I was a kid. I don't think encyclopedias are, are real anymore. It's all fake, you know? Then and I had the world book encyclopedia, which is kind of like getting, I don't know, some real crappy kids magazine. <laughs> was, I don't know what was true. You know, Chris Columbus came to America and he did wonderful things. And they don't talk about uh, the queen was anti-Semitic and uh, yeah. Chris left to to get away, I don't know. It was it was pretty bad. <laughs> was, I don't know what happened. We don't know. That's yeah. the whole thing. I don't think we'll ever know about so much. And right now, people don't. You know, they're making up. They're just. I, I can't believe. I you watch the news, and I'm sure you can't believe it either. And it's basically someone telling you the sky is not blue. It's just like what? You're an, <laughs> you're a liar and an idiot. It is what it is. I just want to make people laugh and entertain them and. I finished a script. I'll be uh, directing something that I really love. That's very funny. I can't talk about it, but you'll be excited. I think I, I have a feeling. I, I think it's funny that when you got into, because of course, when you're talking about all the stuff that you're involved in now, but it's weird because when you do a little bit of research on you, which I like to call this kind of interviews, a Tinder date, because it's like you do it is. a little bit of research, but not like, I don't want to know your whole story. I want you to tell me stuff, but you were going to school at one point to be a doctor until yeah. a teacher was like, no man, you're very creative. Step away from that. Do you go back to that teacher at times or like if they're still living? Uh, she's say, not. She, she, about five years after she told me to not become a doctor, become a comedian or an actor or a filmmaker, she was in a car accident and she oh. was Elaine Zimmerman. And she was, and both of my sisters were teachers, so I have a very strong affection for the field, for the respect they should be getting that many don't get. So she really inspired me. And I really, I might have gone to med school, but I couldn't take a math or science class to save my life. But I've been making bad student films since I was nine. So then I, I won the student Oscar when I was 21 for a film called Through Adam's Eyes, which was about my nephew, Adam, getting his face reconstructed because he had a genetic uh, birth defect. And now he's healthy and over 50 and life's good. You know, you wouldn't know he had anything done, but they rebuilt his face. I made an 11 minute documentary in the Academy of Arts and Sciences, flew me to LA and I met all these people, Spielberg, and it was like pretty amazing. And then uh, I started at the comedy store. And then next thing I knew, I was at Yuck Yucks in Toronto. So I, a lot of my comedy career was in Canada, like a lot of it for my whole career. For Since I was 22 years old, I played Maple Leaf Gardens. I opened for Max Webster, who was a counterpart of Rush. And uh, I bombed so bad, I said over the microphone, can I leave now? Will I still get paid? And the promoter, Michael Cole, who started Live Nation Ticketmaster, he said, yeah, come on, let's go. So that was that was that was on stage. He's telling me this. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just I love I love all of my experiences in Canada because 
I just find people are people, you know, they don't, there's not as many agendas. I know there, there are, but uh, it's just different than, especially now what's going on in the U S and I want it to heal here. And it doesn't seem it wants to, because there's so many antagonistic people that don't have any love in their heart, which is well, sad. It's interesting. You mentioned about, of course, yuck, yuck, Canada or yuck, yuck, Toronto and starting your career in Canada. Cause I mean, come on, you can't go wrong with starting in Canada. You, we have Mike Myers, Jim Carrey. Oh, you uh, have everybody. I mean, yeah. Creek, everybody. You, you have a second city, all, all the people. I mean, I was lucky enough to know John Candy. I, I know Eugene. I've been in the market with Catherine O'Hara, you know, but I've, I'm friends with Marty Short. You know, I mean, I, I know so many people. I, I it, There is no, in fact, uh, most of the cast I'm working with and crew on this movie I'm doing are Canadian. So they're from Toronto. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't even make any sense. I don't even, I don't understand. I, I, I really do think people are people and unless they prove that they're nasty and then they're probably in Congress right now. <laughs> yeah. it, I, I think it's funny. Cause when you were mentioning a course about when you said like started stand up and you said, can I leave now? It's like, so I was doing stand up in Ottawa but I wasn't smart enough to figure out, oh, go to a Yuck Yucks or like a comedy store. I went to stitches. There was there was a club I played in Ottawa, and that's when I met Norm MacDonald. He was in the audience. There's like an absolute comedy. Not this was before that. It was it was was some weird name. And Norm was in the audience. He was 17 <laughs> years old. I'm the first comic he ever saw. Years later, I directed him in Dirty Work, which we shot in Toronto. So it's pretty wild. And I was in Ottawa a few years ago. I loved it. I was part of a festival, 30,000 people. I did an hour right before Snoop Dogg. It was really, I, I love everything. I mean, I'm going back uh, in the fall, to Jack Singer uh, Auditorium in Calgary. I'm going to Regina and also uh, Whitecap in the, I don't know, they can look at my website. It has yeah. my my name on it <laughs> getting into the the full house like how did you i guess land that role and like what are some i guess moments in that show that you, you really enjoy because i know sometimes you make a joke of when someone says ask me about my favorite episode it's the last one yeah but like, <laughs> like what are some memorable moments because when i look at back some of the bloopers it seems like you guys had a ton of fun yeah we did and the more I, I do benefits for the Scleroderma Research Foundation because my sister passed from that disease. And Stamos did a lot of auction items of talking to people on Zoom that donated money. And we just did a bunch of them. And he runs old clips that are behind the scenes. And we're just nuts. We're just kids. Dave, John, me and Lori, we're just acting like just silly. And that's and that's why the kids were laughing. So. And it wasn't like dirty stuff, but, it, you know, they would moon people, you know, <laughs> you know, it was just we just had fun. And there were times where we didn't because I don't know, you, you go through you're a human being, you know, and you don't want to complain when you have success. It's so stupid when people do that. It's nauseating. And I did complain sometimes, but I was doing two shows. So I'd work like 90 hours a week. That's a, that's a dream thing to do. A lot of people are doing it. Ken Jeong is doing it with a ton of shows, all the masked shows and, and he's acting. And, you know, there's a bunch of people that do. I love it. I love being able to do it. In my podcast, I really love it. And it's Bob Saget's here for you. And it's every Monday it comes out on, you know, all the usuals, Apple, Spotify. I think it, things I've never heard of. Stitcher, <laughs> Snatcher, Whipple, Whip It. I don't know. <laughs> that's, the, that's someone's out there listening to that and go like, oh, my God, that's great. We're going to come up with those. And now we can instantly right. say like Bob Saget was our first uh, podcast to be like, hey, I didn't agree to that. But you that, gave us the idea. Right. <laughs> that app is called Whip It, and it's based on you're going to laugh because it's nitrous oxide. Yeah. <laughs> How did you manage doing both? Like, it's, it's almost like you went from being Danny Tanner to, okay, I'm Danny Tanner, but I'm hosting AFE now. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't even – I was I was not playing – I wasn't Danny Tanner as AFE. No, no. I was the host of a – I was the, the reason I hosted it was because one of the producers had seen me on uh, Johnny Carson on, on The Tonight Show – and I narrated a 
my wedding video. We got divorced 14 years after being married, but on the air, I ran that video with Johnny Carson and narrated the wedding video that I edited, and it was very funny. And they thought that I would be perfect to be the host of it. And then at that time, and still now, yeah. if you're watching, you know, Anthony Anderson is on Blackish and he's on To Tell the Truth. And I'm on there, I think, any minute. But um, <laughs> on the air, I mean, we did it already. But, yeah. the, but the thing is, that was a gift. It's such a gift. And so I did it. I, we, I would have the two of the writers from America's Funniest Home Videos in my dressing room at Full House, and we would watch monkey videos and little kids and old people falling and write the voiceovers because I used to do all that. Look out. What could happen to me? Oh, no. Ooh. <laughs> you know, just dumb stuff. So that was fun, but it was, I'd do a scene in Full House and I'd go and work in the dressing room. So it was, I was driving and I was able on my first laptop when Apple first came out with a laptop, I was able to hook it up to a modem while I was driving and I'd be typing and driving. Talk about texting. Yeah. It was insane. I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm lucky to be alive and I didn't hurt anybody. And it was all to send voiceovers yeah. for monkey videos you know <laughs> that's that's what you want to like you know see on the news one day it's like on a tmc it's like bob saget crashes his car it's like rest in peace bob it's like oh well what was he doing at the time like was he eating was like it looks like he was editing monkey videos it's like oh, you, you would have seen the narration of like a little kid with his pants falling down <laughs> and it was like, you know oh i'm just gonna play here and that's what you would see that'd be the last thing yeah. i i would have written in my just life have that on the tombstone right that's <laughs> like, without the context so like i'm confused <laughs> If it would have been then, it probably would have said on the tombstone, America, this is you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to bring this up as like, I guess, a funny joke. But, you know, when you do go back and watch, say, Full House, like I know with the episode one, when you got the DVD, there's two different dads that auditioned and they show both. Yeah, I think they were assholes to run yeah. uh, that actor. What happened was yeah. I was doing a I was on a CBS morning program and that was on against Good Morning America and the Today Show. And I was on it for five months and then they fired me and and I wanted to leave. But I was <laughs> hosting, hosting just I, I was yeah. a third co-host, not unlike what I did on the video show. I was kind of born to be I was a comic, so I was able to be a host and I was, I could broadcast, which means you look into the lens, you talk to the people and you, you do the show like a talk show would, you know, you do. And it was strange, a wonderful guy named John Posey, who I've never met did the pilot and the producers, Miller Boyette, um, Tom Miller and Bob Boyette had replaced a lot of people. It was common to do a sitcom, test yeah. the pilot and then decide you wanted to replace someone. Uh, Mork and Mindy, Robin Williams wasn't Mork. It was John Biner. Uh, yeah. Perfect Strangers, it wasn't Marklin Baker. It was Louis Anderson. You know, these are things that just happened. And everybody's career ends up fine. And I, I know John Posey is an incredibly nice guy. And again, I, I feel bad about it because it's really a shitty thing to do to run the thing, I mean, but that's what people want. You know, that's the yeah. world we're in. You go on TikTok and you watch all the screen tests for all the people that Jim Carrey's Saturday Night Live audition. And you watch it and you go, God, he's a genius. Why didn't they uh, hire him? And it was almost like they didn't because maybe he was too big for the room. Because in Living Color, he certainly exploded with his brilliance, you know. And he, I used to, he used to go on before me at Yuck Yucks when he was 17 in Toronto. But, pretty crazy it's yeah because it's, it's funny when you look back at that stuff because i have seen some people's snl videos and i'm like okay how did they not make it and then like sometimes they'll come back as like a, a, a guest star like i think kevin harden made a joke that he had tried out and i'm like it's it's interesting because yeah, then and they host yeah, yeah. They end up and then hosting. sometimes to me it's like when you get that phone call of hey do you want to come back and host like there's a part of me that feels like that they're going to be like, no, fuck off. Like you rejected me and I made it big without. Well, you. some people did say that, but then they ended up, they ended up doing it again. And yeah. you know, that's when Mike Myers didn't do it. Then he did, you know, he's a pretty brilliant guy. And uh, Adam Sandler was amazing when he hosted before the pandemic, of course. And he sang a song about how he got fired and Chris Rock joined him. And he was just fantastic on that episode. It was, uh, was amazing. And he got fired. 
And, and he talks about it. And he said he would have stayed there for years. And, you know, it's just funny people find a way. Talented people find a way. So if anybody's out there struggling, listening to this and going, why isn't this happening for me? You know, I was at the comedy store for eight years hosting and touring the country, but I didn't have any shows. I did a Richard Pryor movie. That was like the highlight. I did a Rodney Dangerfield special, a young comedian special where Kennison first was on. And then I didn't do uh, uh, a couple guest spots here and there on a show. But then I finally, you know, had this moment happen when I was 30 years old. So I would watch everybody leave. Arsenio went and did his show and Howie Mandel was on St. Elsewhere. And we've been friends since we were 21, 22. And so everybody has different timing and I just don't care. And people shouldn't care if they, if they're up for something and they, it didn't happen for them to go bitter gets you nowhere. You just have to know that the, it wasn't the right door for you to go through period. You cannot uh, beat yourself up or go bitter. I know somebody I was friends with a writer guy and he wasn't happy with the way his movie turned out. And it's very negative and very snarky and sarcastic and angry. And that's sad. I feel bad for that person. And um, I'm, there's a lot of people like that. And that's what gets in their way. That's why they don't get what they came here to want to do. And nobody should let anybody tell you you can't make it. It's just like stupid. You just keep doing it. That's why I see, that's why you see Conan having his own talk show and not me because I'm on the internet going like, I hate Conan. No, I, I love Conan, but that's, that's my Yeah, you have to love Conan. <laughs> right. And you can't be jealous. Why is Conan on and I'm on the internet? It doesn't, there, Joe Rogan doesn't say that. He's got the biggest show that's ever existed in the world, around the world. More people watch his and listen to Joe Rogan than anybody on television. It just got, you know, if you got billions of listeners, and Conan is arguably one of the smartest, funniest guys alive. So, you know, I, arguably, I don't know who, who came up with that. You have to argue over who's funnier. <laughs> no, he's funnier. No, he's funnier. By what standards? Well, I found him funny. You didn't. So therefore I win. It's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's that, that's. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. absolutely right. It, there, there is no winning. Is there, there's somebody for everybody that makes them laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, there's definitely people out there that I, I, I know when I was in university, you'd show them like a Kevin Hart clip compared to a Louis C.K. or Jim Gaffigan. And they're like, I like that one, like that one, didn't like that one. So I'm like, well, actually, I liked him and him. So therefore, they're funny. I'm like, can they all be funny in their own way? They're yeah. Like, no, and then how people, dare you? Right. People put down Carrot Top. Carrot Top makes people laugh. Carrot Top is, is funny and has a, a good audience. And, uh, you know, it's just, it doesn't have to be your cup of tea, but you can't, people, everybody's a critic and nobody's actually doing anything. Everybody's just making their opinions, what they output on the internet. And a per, it's almost like a South Park episode where, and this is going to be an offensive word because little people, you don't use the M word. And South Park did a brilliant thing, which is really where we're at which was on CNN, it was a split screen. And it was like the president of the United States on the right and on the left, a midget in a bikini. And, and they would go, here's a debate between the president of the United States and a midget in a bikini. It's not a, a nice word, but that's kind of the point of satire, which people don't get what satire is anymore either. And that's where we're at. You'll have somebody that maybe has 100,000 people that think they're the shit. And then you'll have another person who's got, you know, hundreds of millions of people wanting to hear what they have to say. And they have a debate with each other. It's just uh, it's a joke. It's not to say everybody sh doesn't deserve a voice because they do. But <laughs> if people say, you know, I just heard today that bam, and that's you just heard today. That's your that's your reference for your news. You're right. You know, a lot of people now don't like, say, social media or cancel culture. For me, if I have just say a hundred followers compared to someone that has a million and just say what you said is correct and what they're saying is just like wrong or they don't want to get into it with you. It's like, don't even bother. There are a million people are going to come after you and say, like, you're an idiot. You're this, you're that. Where your hundred followers are going to be like, we're outnumbered here. Good luck. It's like, the answer okay. is don't read it. Don't yeah. read it and don't listen to it unless yeah. you've done something really wrong and then you got to yeah. deal with it. But, you know, I, I love Bill Burr so much. I love Dave Chappelle so much. And their attitude is 
I'm going to say what I need to say. And if you're offended, I, I guess I'm sorry you're offended, but I'm doing what I find funny. And it's hard to find funny. And then you really do. And when I go back out, I know that a lot of the things I'm going to say, I've got to tee them up very carefully. And then after I've said them, get out of it very carefully. If I'm going to say something that's inappropriate or could be taken wrong. Yeah. And people are just looking to take something wrong. And so it can be the next day's headline. And it's just, uh, that's the headline. It's just, uh, it's pathetic that we're at that place. And it's not going to get any better because there's more and more places that people can go to. There's going to be more and more apps that are going to become popular. There'll be a new TikTok. There'll be a new everything, you know, where people can <laughs> just beat the hell out of each other. Well, yeah, like, I mean, when you look back at it, for example, like some of your comedy, say Louis C.K.'s or Bill Burr's, like you look back at some of the early stuff and I will like sit sit back here in this, uh, well, the bed there and like laugh my ass off at it. But I'm like, geez, if they put that out today and a world with Twitter, social media, like the backlash you would get. Like, I think Bill Burr has a stand up where he talks about his girlfriend wanting a pumpkin and he's like, it's so girly about it. He's like, Oh, we're going to go get a pumpkin. And then it's like, and then he's like, and then I'm carving the pumpkin. And he's like, I feel like a, and he says like some weird word about it. And I'm just still like laughing. So I'm like, I get what he's going for, but there are definitely people out there like, hold on. You can't say that. That's offensive. It's like, and, no, and, and you. the point yeah. is they don't matter. Yeah. They don't matter because it's not meant for them. If they don't yeah. like it, turn it off. Yeah. You know, if it's hurtful and doing damage, then why are we watching the news? Because so much of that is hurtful and doing damage. That's the real enemy of the people are the people that are just making shit up and believing something. And you ask their reason and they have no answer. They just keep saying the same thing over and over again, like, like they're programmed, like they are a cult. It, it is cultish very much right now. And I am old enough that I remember what happened with McCarthyism when I was, I studied it. I, I was uh, just a little kid when they did that. And they had the, the blacklist in Hollywood and people were called communists and they, they ruined people's lives and their careers. We just got to get some food on people's tables and get this disease off this earth and, and then put people in rooms and make them laugh, let people go to the movies and dinner and everybody get to work. You know, that's what we need. That's it. And my goal is just to try to entertain some people during this. One of the or one of the questions that someone had asked me prior to getting this interview was, "Geez, if you get Bob Saget on, ask him who his top three favorite comedians were." I'm like, "That's that's a good question," but I feel like asking a comedian who their favorite comedians are. It's like me, obviously. <laughs> right. No, I'm not my favorite, but uh, you are. You're one of my favorites now. Oh, thanks, man. In this moment, you're one of my favorites. You know, there there is the. Um, the Mount Rushmore of the great comedians and everybody pretty much says the same ones. I got to know most of them. That's, oh, wow. that's a dream that I knew most of those people. I never met Jack Benny. I was too young, but I, I met George Burns and I did a television appearance to on his birthday to roast him. And I, I met pretty much, you know, everyone. I, I would say I can't go three, but I would say, yeah. um, Richard Pryor is always there because his acting through his standup and his artfulness of the human condition and just what a, you know, a talent like that just it doesn't happen. It's every hundred years, but there's, there's much more than three. I, I think Chappelle, Bill Burr, George Carlin. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's kind of an endless list of people. It doesn't, I mean, Rodney Dangerfield was a friend of mine and helped me and and Don Rickles was a friend of mine and, and was like a dad to me in a way, especially after my dad passed. But there's so many people that I look up to that Steve Martin, Steve Martin is beautiful. I mean, it's, you know, it's like a verbal chaplain, you know, and chaplain would have been canceled for stuff he did. You know, I mean, there's so many amazing, pure stand-ups that, that I uh, love, but I think Pryor and Chappelle, Chris Rock. I mean, it's hard not to 
mention the best people. I just had Brian Regan on my podcast. He's such a damn good stand-up. He's got a new Netflix special. It's so good. And I love this new, he's not new. I mean, he opened for me in Sydney, Australia, and I couldn't follow the guy, Ronnie Chang, who's on The Daily Show. He's so good. He just signed a three special deal with Netflix. He's just amazing, you know? So there's brilliant people, but the greats are the greats and everybody kind of Robin Williams, everyone defers to the greats because they go, wow, that, that was a force that we won't be seeing again. If you ask different generations, of course, like maybe who their top three comedians is top three athletes, like everyone has a different list. But even if you say like, for me, if I said, Oh, top three hosts. And I said to you like Conan Stewart. And even if I put in, I don't know, let's, let's just put in like, Fallon, just say if that was my three and then hearing them give you three and then like those three giving you more three you're like so it's always subjective oh and then that's that's called being a person i mean i was on uh many times with johnny carson i was on with david letterman many times and that so they were the the top and i knew steve allen who was the before johnny carson on the tonight show i met jack parr who was before steve allen so, and Dick Cavett and these were guys and Merv Griffin helped me out. But late night now, when I mention where I get my news from, it's Stephen Colbert and John Oliver and Bill Maher and Jimmy Kimmel and Seth Meyers. I'll watch Fallon to be entertained, you know, but, but a lot of it, the political stuff you're getting from these other guys that are all, you know, it's, it's a lot of political. That's the news yeah. of the day. And it's meant in a way to hold up a mirror and make it transparent. So you hear the ludicrousness, but of, of the news. And sometimes it's nonpartisan, but a lot of times it leans pretty far left because a lot of the conservatives are are pretty frightening, but everybody is every extremist, no matter what platform you're on is scary. If we can take care of this virus, a lot of things will clear. And then if we can get rid of hate and racism, Oh, that's not going to happen. It's it's just there, man. It's it's we're, we're going to have to figure out something. <laughs> we're slightly flawed. We yeah. are a flawed species. And if anybody can get rid of us, we can. You know. <laughs> Even if we don't mean to, we will somehow find a way. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, if if somebody says you got to wear a mask or you're going to die and some people's response are I don't believe you. <laughs> so, yeah. okay. Okay, I, I mean your I chances like of getting just, sick I feel like are less. Just a week on the way. All right. It, it, well, it's a thinning of the herd. I mean, that, that's yeah. what some people love about it. Yeah. That's that's the racism. They just yeah. love that. Yeah, it's just like I'm not wearing a mask. It's like okay, one less of you around, I will gladly. But those people are, don't get sick sometimes, you know, or they get it and then they get over it because they're lucky. And then older people or people with more complications and are, are more frail, they get it and they, they die. I know someone who just died. A friend of mine, her mother just died and she got COVID and the doctor said, you're OK and you don't have to come to the ER. And she died four days later. So those are people that are vulnerable. And that's what we have to give a shit about. It's just people don't care about other people. Some, some people don't yeah. care about other people. And that's just sad. That's just sad. But my, again, it's supposed to be, I'm supposed to be funny and I haven't been, we, we get pretty serious during this time. Have I you mean, found well, that with your podcast? Have you found it gets pretty serious? Cause people are in a sad way. Oh man. Like once these podcasts are over, I go back in my right in this bed and just lie down and just stare at a sa- ceiling fan and be like, why? Why? What, what happened to this interview? <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about this one. This is very enjoyable. The other thing I want to kind of get into you with, or with you, when I mentioned about earlier about AFE and watching it when I was younger, I don't know like if this is still a thing. And I felt like, oh, well, I'll ask him while we have him on. But I read that there was supposed to be like this video after dark. Where yeah, was- actually, yeah. we have we have 14 episodes of that, and right. I'll have news about it probably soon. It's been over a year since uh, we shot them, and the problem was uh, when we made them, they were ABC had executives that wanted them because they were irreverent and dirtier, and we bleeped people cursing and babies saying f words and you know nudity with blurred scrambled private parts, and they wouldn't run it. 
they just uh, that was the problem with it. It's really funny. It's it's I did the voices again, you know, and uh, the network wouldn't run it. So we're looking for a source right now. And we were close in a couple places, but then it was too much for them. <laughs> you would think like someone like Netflix or Crave or something would want it, but I guess I don't know. There's there's a lot of new outlets that are happening every day. You know, I mean, things that started as nothing. I did a movie that was made, produced, uh, paid for by Redbox, and Redbox people went, "Oh, you're doing it for those machine things." Well, they're making movies now, and I was the first one. So they're literally in the film business. So real movies are getting made by the company that had the big red box with DVDs in it. Yeah. So. You know, it's 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 a different world, and it changes literally every week. And now, it's going to be great for creators. Now, wouldn't it be kind of ironic where, you know, the guy that was was originally in the full house ended up being the host for the video after dark, like the full, full circle? <laughs> that would be, I don't know what it would be. It would be karmic for him, you know. No, but we shot 14, so there's no point in him doing it. And you need Vindabona, who's my friend, and so... I don't think, and I didn't want to do the show again. I was asked to do the show again many times um, over the 20, it's been on 30 years. And I, I just didn't want to do it again because I'd done it. But the, yeah. the, the After Dark thing was fun. And we did some cool stuff. So we'll see if somebody picks it up. If not, hey, I've done you know, so many shows that had one year. I did a show called Raising Dad that was such a good show. It was written by Jonathan Katz you know, Dr. Katz and uh, Norman Steinberg, who wrote movie My Favorite Year and also was one of the writers on Mel Brooks Blazing Saddles. And they wrote it and it starred me as dad. And my dad was played by Hesh on The Sopranos, Jerry Adler, who is amazing. And my daughter's, one of my daughter's friends was Megan Good, who's a beautiful, great actress. And my two daughters were Kat Dennings and Brie Larson. And we were on for, we did 24 episodes. They loved it in London. So that was a show that should have been on for a really long time. It was a wonderful show. And Andy Kindler was my uh, boss. I was a teacher. It was a great show. But I did a bunch of pilot shows that lasted. Yes, Survivor Suburbia was a great show. I mean, it dealt with, we had gun issues shows. We dealt with stuff and it was written by Kevin Abbott, who was a writer on Roseanne. So it was, it, it is what it is. It's showbiz. And they say, we're not getting picked up. I go, okay, next. And I just go into one of my other five careers, you know? When you mentioned that, the first thing that came to mind was when you're saying like, oh, we did so many pilots and they could have, could have went places. Yeah. Like in my mind, it always comes back. And if I ever had her on, I'd ask her personally, but it's like eight simple rules. Once John Ritter passed away, and I, I, I'm blanking on the name. I think she plays Penny on like Big Bang Theory. But it's like, I always felt like, geez, how many more episodes? Kaylee? You mean Kaylee? There you go. Kaylee. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, she's the star of The Flight Attendant, which is unbelievably great. Yeah. Like, it's almost like, I wonder how long Eight Simple Rules would have lasted. Like, would she be on The Big Bang? Would she be here? But like, it all happens for a reason. But it always, in back of my mind, I'm like, geez, Eight Simple Rules was like a really good show. And then when Ritter passes, it's like, ah. Uh, it's so okay, sad so, that he yeah. passed. He was a beautiful man. He, I, I loved him. He was a wonderful man. Yeah, I mean, you never know. And you could say, you know, what if there was no World War II? You know, I mean, yeah. it's like, there's no point. I think it's just always talking about what if this didn't happen. Well, it did. I just move on as much as I can and stay in the moment. And I don't stop doing what I'm doing. I always have something new to do that I'm working on. That I'm, I'm more passionate about work now than I've ever been. It's going to be interesting when I get out of this room. <laughs> now, when you were talking about, of course, when they pitched back to you about the AFE and you said you didn't want to do it, I'm just interested. So, like, from the standpoint of Fuller House compared to Full House, like, when they pitched that to you originally, what made you kind of come on board to that? Was it just not being, like, always there? Or, like, did they only want you for a couple of episodes? Well, it was done right. It, it was, uh, you know... It was really the girls' show, and it was meant to be that, uh, you know, enabling young women to yeah. to grow. And Candace as DJ, and Jody as Stephanie, and Andrea Barber as Kimmy. They did what they did. They did a cute way of making them each represent Dave, John, and me back in the day. So they put us on, uh, understandably, because they wanted to get numbers in the beginning. Um, but the fact that it was Netflix and the fact that, you know, they paid us to be there. Uh, and also we knew the fans really wanted it 
And so I, I was inspired to do it. When I first walked onto the set and saw they rebuilt it, I was like, wow, this is interesting. I mean, it was, it was, it was fun to do. It was nice to be with everybody. Yeah, because it seems like uh, today, and I guess it's all about maybe marketing, having things like getting the actors to agree, but just seeing how it all comes together. Because it seems like revivals are a big thing. Like you see Saved by the Bell, of course, they have new class college years, but now that's coming back. They had... There's a ton of them. A Bill and Ted movie got made. Coming to America is coming out on March 4th. Fifth is it? That's, you know, people want solace in a kinder, gentler time. It's why Happy Days was a hit, because that was 20 years after the 50s. But it made people go back to when they thought was a kinder, gentler time. They didn't know that there was a Cold War and that people were oppressed and there was so much racial tension and terrible prejudice. It was much worse for most people, but not for the people that... I mean, a lot of people would like to go back to the 50s right now. A lot of people want to go back to just, you know, a horse and carriage and no no antibiotics. You know, people want to start right now when the invention of the gun. That's where we're at in the U.S. right now with some people. Like personally, to me, I'd like to be maybe 22 back in maybe 98, 99. And the reason I say that is because wrestling was still big. There was a channel that was like viewer's choice, so it would show you all the previews of movies. And I'm like, man, it was so simple. You oh, they have all- that. You've got <laughs> that now. If you have Apple TV, if you have that, you go on there or Roku, it gives you every channel that's available, every app that's available, and oh, you wow. literally have the world. I mean, you can watch anything in the world that you want. I mean, there's more now than ever. And I also think wrestling is going to be, it's going to go <laughs> nuts when people can go back in there safely yeah <laughs> there's there still people at somewhere doing backyard wrestling i mean you know you got buffalo bills fans that puts themselves through flaming tables i'm like easy <laughs> yeah right or on a slip and slide yeah with hot oil yeah that's all you want it's just you know going out in public and someone's like i'm going to a wrestling event oh you mean a bills game it's like, <laughs> <laughs> the last thing i, I kind of want to get into you with, with how i met your mother to me was kind of like my version of friends I, right. I eventually watched Friends because I got pressured into it. But How I Met Your Mother, man, to me, that was like emphasis of my university career or university life. I'd watch it and I felt like Ted, but I was like, geez, who's doing the voiceover? I'm like, oh, that's Bob Saget. Are we ever going to see Bob Saget? <laughs> well, if you get the DVD set of How I Met Your Mother, I'm in, the, fin- I'm in the final <laughs> episode dancing at the wedding. I also, yeah. on the last, there was a whole controversy because people don't know what else to do, that I didn't narrate the last episode and Josh Radner did. And I was there for the last reading knowing I wasn't going to narrate it. And I wanted to be there. I was part of the cast. I was uncredited on purpose because I felt like they're the cast and I'm the one that kind of ties it up in a knot. You know, I'm very, him in very 20 humble, years. Very no, humble. no, it's just, it's just, it's not humble. It's a, it's, maybe it's a humble brag, but it's just how I, it's how I look at it. I mean, what narrated by, I didn't want to see my name on there. It didn't make any sense. I mean, you don't see Ron Howard's narrator name on, Arrested Development or Daniel Stern on the Wonder Years. I was following the proper way to do things, just dignity. And they were the cast. And sometimes I'd screw around and I'd show up on the set and I'd find out they were about to start the table read. And I had just finished doing, I would spend four hours on voicing over one episode because I would watch the episode and then I would want to do it on the soundstage at 20th Century Fox. And I wanted to get inside Josh's head and really be able to do it right. That's why it worked. That's why yeah. people didn't go. Why at first they were like, why is this happening? That was the big joke. But I would like started one table read and I go kids and the whole cast went, Oh, cause I was there. And I knew Allison Hannigan because she used to be my babysitter and Neil oh, wow. Patrick Harris. I knew since he was nine or you know, 10 and whatever age he was on Doogie. I just knew a lot of the people. And, um, it was just very, it was a, a sweet fit. I was doing a play in New York off Broadway and I got the call to do it and it just seemed right. And again, in that box set, there is a version of me narrating the last episode. And I do say, and that kids is a story of how I met your mother. So I, I said that in the box set. Now, I'm just curious on your, <laughs> on your end, because there's two different, there's, well, there's the actual ending and there's an alternate ending 
to you, have you seen both endings? No, I don't watch anything. I do pretty much. <laughs> I do. I don't. I'm one of those people that doesn't like to watch. If I'm acting in something that I directed, I have to watch it. I have yeah. to edit it. I have to work on it. Otherwise, uh, maybe I'll see it if there's a premiere of something or a screening. I'll watch it. But I'm I'm pretty hard on myself. When people say negative stuff to me, it's like, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't need to. Hear. I'm pretty, you know, self-critical. I'm always wanting to be better. But has like has anyone in the past ever brought up to you about like the alternate ending? No, I don't. I don't. I guess some people like if I'm on Instagram live or something, you know, um, I talk about it. But the alternate ending, meaning sh- she passes away no matter what. You mean the alternate ending with the voiceover? No, no, no. Like so, the, it, it maybe I'm just trying to remember where I read it to or seen it because there's one like yeah that she passes away, but there's another one that I think that like he doesn't end up with Robin. He just more or less explains, like, if this event didn't happen, I wouldn't go here. If I didn't go here, this wouldn't have happened. Like, he, like, sums it up. I think that's in the last episode. I don't think there's an alternate ending, except I know there's an alternate version with me narrating it, not Josh. Okay. Yeah, because I always, like, so, like... Don't believe what you read. They're (laughs) lying. They've been lying to us for 200 years. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Bob Saget for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TopinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast. Heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.